Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zero's Journey, a serious attempt to create a canon-worthy work of original fiction from scratch. I am Mike Magyar. And I'm James Quesada. And this is the second episode of me pitching my original work of fiction to James, who has successfully managed to reassemble his head after I had blown it apart during the last episode. It's a very long-winded way to suggest that you blew my mind. I'm not merely suggesting it. I'm saying the cleanup was quite arduous, and it took a long time. It's very flowery language. I can see that that's part of your writing style is to use too many words. Well, I am a poet and a author uh, and just a true visionary of the medium. Now, I wanted to uh, briefly summarize the last point uh, we were at before. Um, your head exploded and we were, uh, well, actually, you know what? Why don't you, uh, summarize what you think that you heard during, uh, my last episode? I would be happy to. So we have, um, the universe on a spinning circle, which you refer to as an infinite plane, despite the fact that it has a perimeter. It looks like a record. It sounds like a record. Let's call it a record. The universe is a record. It starts to it starts to to to, to wobble, mm-hmm. and then uh, there's there's some dissonance. It's and then it folds in on itself, yep. and all of a sudden the universe is a burrito, and then there's uh, stuff that starts to occupy that space. Um, the first thing is this thing called the composer, yes, who for some reason is left alone as a baby to figure out what's going on. In I, the never world. The I baby, never said baby. The baby, the baby, then it was not a baby. It was, uh, it was it was an it was a not even an adult. It th- those words cannot describe. It. Okay, well, th- well, this Her. baby being invents two other things, and uh, these two other things come into existence, and um, they're kind of they're opposites. Mm-hmm. It's a water and fire thing. Yeah. Well, th- okay, ease up on the attitude there, chief. Okay, I, it's 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 balance. It's balance. Sure. So there's a water and fire yin yang thing going on, and the lead being this composer says, "Leave me the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. I want you two to figure out what's going on in the universe. Mm-hmm. Go out and play." Mm-hmm. And so she sends the composer, who is a she. Yes. Sends. We got a problem with that. <laughs> sends the the two beings out into the world. They take physical shape for the first time yep. ever. Mm-hmm. And um, they go hunting for this uh, horn of harmony, horn of balance, balance, horn of balance, horn of balance, horn of balance, which is some kind of. And, and what do they got to do? They got they got to like self actualize actualize uh, before they find it, or do they have to? What is what what do you what do you mean self actualize? <laughs> you you said that they have to like once they become like their their ideal selves, <laughs> they'll get the horn. Uh, yeah, that's but, that's all I know. The summary the summary is there's 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 a universe made out of a record. Um, there's an A side and a B side, uh, and and it, and it curls in on itself to make a universe burrito. Okay, and now there's two extra beings um, that are after a horn of melody. Honestly, you're just uh, you're just a rude person in general. I I feel like this is incredibly reductive. Uh, but but you're not wrong um, in what you said. Basically, uh, we have we're at the point now where um, um, both of both Heidi and Pyro, if you would remember those names, Heidi you know. is short for hydrophene. 
Dem. Hydra Dem. Hydra Dem. Mm -hmm. Hydra from water, Dem from people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're paying attention. And then Pyro was Pyrodem uh, from fire and people. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so well, well, hang on. Because is that everything we need to know before we get into the next installation? No, no. I'm going to, I'm going to, okay, gotcha. I'm going to, uh, I just want to make sure we weren't moving on before or moving into the new beginnings. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm I just want to know when we start. We, we've <laughs> started. I'm starting. I'm continuing. Um, so yes, the the composer is like I don't really want to deal with this. So she creates uh, the horn and she creates a palace, um, and she's hanging out in the palace. And I think the the important part that you uh, left out, uh, and I think it's because you're secretly uh, just unable to deal with the geniuses of it. Uh, it's that she uh, was afraid that they were never going to settle this kind of debate, this back and forth. So she, uh, unbeknownst to the two uh, siblings. Um, Put a time limit on it. Do you mm. remember this part? Yes. Yep. Where where uh, the universe would unfold and uh, evolve on its own, and when it's done doing that, uh, it will destroy itself. Right. So the so the so the baby god known as the composer is an angsty teen who has locked herself in her room known as the palace to listen to music, and once the record stops playing mm -hmm. on the versaphone, astrophonograph, astrophonograph. <laughs> Then the the universe collapses, the yes. world ends. The world ends. Um, so so the um, the water and fire babies have um, until the record stops to yeah. self actualize. Define the horn and blow it, and then define it. Recreate the universe in their image. Oh my god. Um, yeah. So uh, we got the timer, and then you know I'm looking at the page right now where uh, you were so obsessed with the spirograph looking uh, drawing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so at this point, uh, the composer was like, okay, well, where are you guys going Is this go? the new beginning? This is the new beginning. Okay, well, you got to tell me. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we, we, this is the new beginning. I just want to say we have some new ground rules mm -hmm. because what we realized in the <laughs> yeah, first round of, of episodes is that when I'm relaying the hi histories of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire and uh, HBO's Game of Thrones to Mike... Mike can try to poke holes in it all day, and it is impervious because it's airtight and it's a work of masterful fiction by a uh, master author. Okay, I think I poked uh, it's, plenty it's a, of holes. It's, it's too much for me to poke holes in Mike's fiction because it doesn't hold water to begin with. It's just a it's a it's a handwritten rough draft, and wow, dude. Okay, it, it, it falls apart too easily. It it, you know what. Just tell him the rules. I, I, I. You, so the rules are: ugh. Mike can take as many shots at George R. R. Martin as as he likes, but I'm gonna pull back a little bit because I need to absorb the bigger picture of of what is going on with his stuff before we we really get any uh, notes or questions on it. That that way, I th I think that's more helpful to you, Mike. How 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 is it more <laughs> helpful to me? Well, that way that way you get a chance to. Kind of, kind of get through some of the rough patches. Um, no, there's no rough patches. I think these rules. You, you, you've decided to to go on a crazy power trip and come up with these rules, uh, so that you uh, can turn off your brain for one second and be able to take some time and appreciate this work for the genius that it is. Mike, I'm gonna pay attention. I don't want you to think that I'm gonna stop paying attention. I'm not gonna turn off my brain. I'm gonna listen intently and I'm gonna try to help you. Okay. Well, then, fine. Let's go over the rules. Okay. So. Uh, there's, 
the, the really the only rule is that I'm I'm gonna hold off for uh, a few minutes of Mike pitching his fiction before I chime in. At some point, I'll, I'll call some kind of timeout, and then and then we'll take uh we'll just take a little bit of time to get a, a question session mm-hmm. on things for for clarity, um or for any other uh, commentary. Okay, are you ready? It, I mean, does it, are, do you agree to those terms? Yeah, I mean, I don't. You didn't really give me a choice. You said, you said, and I quote, I will not listen to any more of this incoherent drivel if we don't put some rules on it. I need you to agree to it so that everyone hears you say that that's... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. I, yeah, I agree. I think we're going to make this better together. Yeah. With me doing the heavy lifting and you just failing to see the genius that this is. Anyway. I'm ready for new beginnings. Okay. So new beginnings. Uh, and this is the last that I'll chime in for a little while. <laughs> So new I'll beginnings. let you get into it for a little bit, and then I'll chime in later, okay? The beginnings are new at this point, and uh, wh- the composer was basically like, hey, guys, okay, um, you can do whatever you want, wherever you want it. Where do you want it go? And uh, Pyro was like, well, I, I like fire a lot, so I'm going to go to the Crab Nebula. And the reason he wanted to go to the crab nebula was because the crab nebula i don't know if you guys have seen it it looks uh fiery it looks uh red and it's ominous and it's dark and it's kind of like what what he likes he he likes it dark and ominous and red um and then heidi was like well i this seems a little bit too intense for me i and i also feel like some distance between us uh is probably going to be a good thing um because you're literally the only two other things i've ever seen in my entire life and i'm kind of getting sick of you uh, so she was like, I'm going to go to the Milky Way because it's it's just flowy and nice and calm and, and bluish uh, and just blue is kind of like a naturally calming color. So I'm just going to go there. Uh, you go there. I'll go to I'll go to the Milky Way and uh, uh, stay out of each other's way. And we'll we'll reconvene uh, at an appropriate time. So now uh, I'm going to basically we're going to follow each timeline independent of, of each other. So we're going to go, we're going to stop, we're going to, we're going to take a stop at the Crab Nebula first. Okay. <laughs> Look, I, <laughs> I I'm not going to interrupt with questions, but I, I am going to say, I got to, I got to grab a, uh, <laughs> something to take notes on real quick. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. I got something to write on. <laughs> okay. So Pyro uh, liked the Crab Nebula because it was uh, sinister and red, you know, and he, he liked uh, just dark kind of angry things. Um, and he gets to the Crab Nebula and he's like, well, the first thing that I need to do is like, I want to build an army, right? Like I can't just do this by myself. I don't want to do this by myself. Plus if I don't have any, anybody to control, then, then, then I'm going to feel like my true destiny is unfulfilled. But he couldn't really have an army first because at this point he's just floating through space. He doesn't have, he doesn't have anything to, to build his army on. So he decides to put together a planet. Okay, the Crab Nebula. And he uses his uh, powers uh, given to him by the composer to kind of bring together some cosmic rocks and uh, dust and kind of crush them into each other to form uh, a planet. It's very uh, it's very scientifically sound uh, and accurate. Um, And 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 I want you to understand that it is it is airtight okay it is it is foolproof 
So he's crash, crushing all these rocks and, and, and dust and stuff together. And, and, you know, eventually enough of it is together that it kind of like forms a lot of pressure and, and uh, the inner core of this new planet fires up and, and he decides to name his new uh, planet, uh, which was basically just like molten volcanic, like kind of like a fiery hellhole. Uh, he decides to name it Morteria. Writing that down. I, I would. Um, so now he had a planet, and now he's going to create an army, right? So uh, his, his, he, he was like, well, I don't want to create people that are like me. I want to I wanna still be able to like very easily like pwn these people. Um, so he kind of took his, his essence of, of angst and, and anger, and uh, he uh, created um, the Mortarians. And, and basically, he just wanted chaos at this point. He just wanted like these people to just be unruly, just angry and, and violent against each other pretty much uh, from the start. And uh, he made them demigods. Uh, he didn't make them full gods. He just kind of kind of like demoted them and made them uh, strong and able to do things, but not to the extent that, that he would ever feel threatened uh, by a rebellion or anything like that. He could very easily just crush them. Um, uh, and they had complete, the Mortarians uh, from Mortaria, write that down, uh, had complete control over uh, the, over fire and, and the dead. Do you remember from the, the first episode, uh, the breath of life and the, the willing, the ability to control the dead? Yeah, he's got, he's got control over fire, mm-hmm. raise the dead, mm-hmm. uh, chaos, mm-hmm. Was it, that's the other thing he controls? The person that, yeah. And then... Breath of life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he made these these uh, uh, people. I think at this point it's safe to call them people. I mean, they were a little bit different, but like very humanoid. Um, and he didn't. They, they were mortal. They had a, a lifespan of about 150 to 200 Earth years. Um, and they uh, first at, at first they kind of lived like cave people, right? It's just like a bunch of volcanoes and fire and and whatever all around and. They don't really have a lot going on, um, but then he kept making more of these people, and eventually they kind of organized. They, they started coming together and, and working things out and just being like, oh, man, instead of us all having chaos in our own separate ways, let's like come together and, and build stuff together and then make it really uh, insane. Uh, because uh, you know, uh, one person's ability for, for creating uh, chaos is limited. A hundred people, uh, it's better. And a thousand people is even better, right? Um, okay, so let's pause. Okay, uh, I I got I got questions. I don't really see why, but okay. Here's a couple things. Uh-huh. I, I I think I understand what's going on. So, um, Heidi, Heidi and Pyro uh, part ways, and so now we're in these uh, parallel journeys that whatever they're going to do out on their own, mm-hmm. and they're still they still have they know that they're looking for this horn. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But they were but, told they were looking for the horn, uh, but they, they obviously weren't told the, where it is. Okay. And but they're so so the mindset that they have is like this is going to take a while, so mm-hmm. I'm going to take my sweet time and set up shop. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna build. I'm going to lay down the groundwork and a really strong work ethic and foundation, uh, and then it's a long it's a long term plan. It's a it's a multi stepped multi pronged long term plan you can't I, just go searching for this thing i get it pyro goes to the crab nebula uh-huh 
Those are real nebula in the uh, known universe of real reality. Yes. Okay. Because the Milky Way is that's yeah. us. I'm very aware. <laughs> yeah. Just want to make sure. Yeah. And then in this world, this is my first, I guess, critical question, Mike. Mm -hmm. In this world, what do these things already exist? The Crab Nebula and the Milky Way already exist. They're venturing out into this universe where things that we have named in our universe mm -hmm. already exist. Yeah. Yeah. When, when, who when, named them, Mike? Uh, the composer. The well, well, I mean, they obviously had different names for it, but but from our perspective as people telling this story, that was uh, it's it's we obviously have to define things in our own terms. Okay, and what's there? Because you said that when he gets to the Crab Nebula, he mm -hmm. creates planets, but yeah. you know, as far as I know, the Milky Way, you know, the, the where the stars are, yeah, planets kind of form. I know it's 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 uh, mythological, but like. What, I guess what is existing just a and nebula, what is a not. nebula is dust. Okay, the it's nebula just a is dust. loose collection so, of dust. The, so, but is the Milky, the Milky Way is a galaxy? Yeah, which has a little bit more going on than dust. Yeah, a gal. Yeah, we'll get to that. I'm I'm sure. But I, I guess my question is like, what does and does not exist in these? Like, what are the what are the rules here? It, so 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 it's dust, and yeah. then and then Pyro is basically taking the dust and giving it some shape. Yeah. Okay. He's smashing it together and forming uh, planets and stars and. And that kind of thing. Okay. Morteria. Yes. Or if I had to guess, uh huh. It sounds like death people. Yeah. Mort is is Latin for uh for for, for death. Death. Yeah. And area is just like a cool suffix. Way to end it. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> dead people. Uh huh. These are dead people. They're not. Dead, but they're like not alive. Like if you ran ran into one, you would definitely be like, oh, "Holy shit! This is where all the death myths come from." And what is Pyro when he shows up? He's still just kind of like this floating celestial. Yeah. Okay. Don't scoff at me. This well, is like, this is this is. I'm I, I'm not going to dwell too much on the fact that that um the Mortarians have an organized agenda to make more chaos. Because I'm done with your paradoxes, <laughs> but it's not a paradox. But what I want more know, of something is one, more of something. One chicken and the egg kind of paradox here that I have to know about is this power to raise the dead. Yeah, there are three beings in existence mm -hmm. by the time we know about this. Mm -hmm. Who is dead? Who is who are they raising from the dead? It's it's a uh, it's it's like it's like no one. <laughs> Yet, but it's like it's like how when you release software that has features that haven't been implemented yet, you 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 protect for uh, uh, you protect for. I, for, I can uh, see that I frazzled you, Mike. Just <laughs> you protect, just take the note. No, no, you. I I stand take the, by take this. Take the note. This, I and move it. I'm gonna die on this fucking hill. Okay. My point being is, you protect for eventualities that are unforeseen, but you say, hey, this would be cool. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what use it has right now. I'll figure that out, but I'm just going to build this into the software now so that when I finally come up with a use for it, it's already there. Uh, I accept. That's all I wanted you to say. All right. Uh, pulling back. Carry okay. on. All right. Uh, so uh, they're, they're like starting to make small settlements, the Mortarians. They're starting to make small... Uh, can I just say something? You you are so frazzled by this idea that that Pyro is like a nebulous god thing, but like you had no problem pitching me like a seven-dimensional faced like 
thing with that has the ability to like take stars and make them in the crowns. Okay, not even not even talking about the fact that a star is massive and that crown would be gigantic, right? Yeah, but well, they but that God shows up in the flesh as a, a visible uh, being. Yeah, this thing's people. visible. It's it, like translucent. <sighs> Pulling back. Okay. Carry on. All right. Uh, so they're they're starting to like um, uh, create like little settlements, like primitive, like just areas where they can all gather and kind of live together, but like not harmoniously, right? Like they're pissed. They're they're like just ca- like it's like a mosh pit at a rock show. You know what I mean? That's kind of like the the feeling of of uh, life at this time. It's just it's just like. There's like a loose structure to it, but it's just crazy. So settlements grow and they expand and they start uh, to figure out like, oh, we need tools. And like Pyro's sitting there this entire time and he's just kind of like gently nudging them towards like different ideas where they're like, oh, we need to build a bigger home. And it's like, well, first we got to build a hammer, right? And they couldn't get there themselves. He would be like, oh, maybe you should build a hammer. And they were like, oh, the God has given us direction. Do you see what I'm doing here? It's like a parallel. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a gentle nudge. Uh, it's like ideas that you can't come up with on your own, which is what reinforces your belief in the God. Because all of a sudden you're like, oh, I get this. I'm with you. Okay, cool. Um, so they're, once they, they kind of get over, it's like an exponential curve, right? The more they do, the more they advance. So their technology and world kind of grew pretty quickly. Uh, they built like large temples, advanced weapons and infrastructure. Okay. They had plumbing, they had running water, they had, uh, I mean, I'm using all those as metaphors. (laughs) Those are metaphors. Those are metaphors. It's like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, do I didn't, you, I didn't do you mean to interrupt. No, 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 no. no, no. Do you Please, wanna, I'll save it. I'll save it for later. Okay, go ahead. It, it metaphors in the sense of like, like the the a plumbing is is yes a physical thing, but it's also something that allows us to live in areas that that would otherwise be inhospitable, right? So it's a metaphor in that way. Um, the weapons are not a metaphor; they're just straight up weapons, and their whole society is basically like like fight, 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 chaos, 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 praise pyro. Like that's really all they they did was just like they they had uh they had free will but they but they didn't really exercise it they were like I this guy's got pretty good ideas Pyro this guy he's got pretty good ideas and um we don't really see any flaw in anything that he's told us so far and he's never led us astray so we're just gonna keep following the guy and because of their chaotic essence uh oh I'm sorry I, I skipped a very important step he would occasionally come by and check on the progress. Pyro would pop in and out. I understand. Okay, cool. Um, because of their chaotic nature uh, and essence, I believe I actually circled uh, this chaotic essence because it's. Uh, I was pretty proud of it at the time. Um, the Mortarians were pretty hot-headed, right? So uh, small wars would randomly pop up. But for the most part, Pyro would stay out of it because uh, he found it uh, pretty entertaining uh, and like a pretty good way to pass the time. He was like, this is a long, it's going to take me a long time to find this stupid horn. Uh, and in the meantime, what am I going to do? She's like, I could just try to get there faster or I could take like kind of the scenic route. And the scenic route was just like, let, let them fight against each other. And he would, it would be like, uh, like it's like watching two people in the park play chess. 
Do you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, let's stop. Okay. First question: mm-hmm. How long is this stuff taking? Like, like are we a do, long do, time? Do we, are, are these these uh, the more the Mortarians? Mm-hmm. They are they do they have lifespans of people lifespans like 150 to 200 200 years years. i did mention that did you mention it i did that's how long they live yeah earth years so and then and then um is so from the time that they show up to now they have plumbing Mm -hmm. metaphor metaphorical plumbing a definition of plumbing is not a metaphor can we talk about do they have plumbing or not (laughs) Well, they don't have to go to the bathroom. It's just, it's just. They don't. A, a, a they're tool. demigods. They're yes. still demigods. Yeah, so they're not. They're not. They're not going number one. I mean, honestly, listen. The guy that wrote this stuff down. This is all stuff of legend, right? The guy that wrote it down. He wasn't really concerned with whether or not they went to the bathroom. It was like trivial. Okay, I just went. So, so when when you say plumbing, you're mm-hmm. choosing not to say what it is that they actually got. <laughs> I. Because they actually got weapons, and plumbing is a metaphor. But when you said, when you went to explain the metaphor, you just gave kind of a definition of using plumbing to, you know, siphon water to the land or how to use the land. What did they get? Let's what call is it a metaphor. Let's for? call it roads. Let's just say roads, okay? Great. Roads. I feel like I feel like you're hung up on this plumbing thing, and it's really not that difficult to grasp. Okay, it's roads. I I got gotcha. you. So. Uh, and then, and then they're, um, they're fighting each other. Yeah. Yeah. Pyro's having a good time watching. Yeah, absolutely. He's enjoying it. Is he still thinking about this horn? Yeah. He's still thinking about the horn, but he's like, he wants to take what you called the scenic route. Yeah. It's a metaphor. (laughs) I don't know. It's a a marathon, not a sprint. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So he's watching them go to war Mm -hmm. in the hopes that the dominant side will win. Um, He's a sicko. Yeah, he it's just not, likes war. Sure. He just likes it. Uh, and, he, he, and it was kind of like an unintended consequence because he was like, he's like, I don't, uh, nobody's ever like made people before. But he's, so he, he, and you said that he needs this, these people to be his army, mm-hmm. which he believes he's going to need mm-hmm. in order to uh, his, his, get the horn. Yes. Of what was it? Balance. balance, horn of balance. It's you might want to write that down. <laughs> I, I, Just I, write I, it I, down. Horn of melody, balance, uh, balance, balance. Horn of equalization, balance. Okay, so he he believes he's gonna. Pyro thinks he's gonna need this army for the horn of balance to get it. Yeah, and and he's teaching them because he doesn't want a uh, an army that doesn't know how to do its own plumbing. Yes. Which is a metaphor for roads. <laughs> so now they're now they're warring with each other, and uh-huh. instead of stepping in and kind of solving everything, he's like, "Well, I'll just see how this plays out," because it's fun, and because he's not in any rush. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, I, 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 he found an effective way to pass the time, and I want you to understand he's he's just fundamentally chaos, right? So his idea is like, "Well, I'm going to build an army because I'm pretty sure Heidi's over there in the Milky Way building her own army." He doesn't really see any other way of doing things than just by like war. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I understand. So okay, he's I I guess he's passing the time. He's he's not really that concerned with the horn, is what I'm hearing. No, because he has to first figure out like yeah, he was told these are all the things that you can do, but he doesn't really know the limit of his powers. And a good way to do that is just to like create a diorama and like watch 
little things in the diorama go to word with, with, with each other. Okay. So, and then I just throwing it out there mm-hmm. around, we're about 30 minutes into this, um, recording. Yeah. Maybe a hair under around this time in, in George R.R. R. Martin's history of Song of Ice and Fire and A Game yeah. of Thrones. We had seen an invasion from one continent to the other, mm-hmm. the introduction of a new religion yeah. and its effect on the conquered regions of Westeros. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, had we, have started, we had seen the discovery of dragons. We have a new religion they here. They worship the guy that made them. Yeah, but it's pretty. that's pretty fundamental. That's pretty... They're still demigods. These aren't even like people. We got past the demigod phase in like the first 15 minutes of the first episode of Song of Ice and Fire stuff. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm I, you just, know, that's, Mike, I'm so sorry. That's not a criticism. I'm just letting you no, know no, no. how but, long it's taken. But you have to understand, I had to come up with this stuff from scratch. I'm I didn't just you know. look at a map, change some names around and like slightly alter actual historical events and then like pawn it off as my own work. Okay. Sounded, I like to do the I, groundwork. I agree. It sounded harsh when I said it. Uh, and all I wanted was to just give you a time check on how long it took George R.R. R. Martin to get yeah. past the exposition of things. James, I don't have history books at and home. And then really dig into... I don't have maps. ...the gripping histories of the tri-continental known world that he created. Yeah, he just assumed the continents were there. I'm going into the nitty-gritty details of the creation of continents. And I would like to hear more. Okay, so... um the so like I said, he he would stay out of it, and he found it pretty entertaining to watch watch the the uh, the battles and whatever. Plus, he thought that the weaker Mortarians would die out in these wars, and stronger ones would replace them. Like kind of like if uh, you know eugenics and the theory of evolution had a really messed up love child. I was really hoping you'd have something to chime in at that point. You want me to interrupt again? No, no. I, I, because I will. Just to say that, so your fantasy mm-hmm. here is a messed up love child of eugenics and evolution. Yeah, it's like, That's how what do you I, want out of the world? Because he's still testing his powers. No, it's not what I want. It's, it's what he wanted. This, is this yours? No, it's him. It I'm sounds not, like what you want. I'm a person, James. Close your eyes. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I'm a person, okay? I'm not, I'm not pyro. That's subtle advocacy for eugenics. Not, is I, I am hear. not. I want to be perfectly clear that I am not advocating. Mike, I'm putting a red flag on it right now, but I'm going to back off. Come on. Don't even. Don't even. I'm not. Did, uh, listen. Like I said, he's testing out his powers, right? And he's like, if you, if you just found, let's say you just found the ability to fly. And you're like, holy shit, I woke up this morning and I feel like I can fly. You wouldn't just all of a sudden start racing jumbo jets, right? You'd like you'd like jump off of like a bed, then you jump jump off of like a chair, then you jump off of like a house. Like you test the limits of your your new powers, right? That's what he's doing. He's like, how do I make the strongest? He just like first draft made some people, and then he's like, well, how do I make them better? And then he realized that like the weaker ones would die in these wars and the stronger ones would just automatically make themselves better. Mike, I'm only going to ask you this once. Are you a Nazi? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. You know what? That's all I need to hear. Cool. Keep going. Um, uh, so basically as their numbers grew, so did the strength of the army because it's, it's a self, it's a, it's a self, uh, improving ecosystem. That's the true genius here is that it is, it is making itself stronger just by existing. Do you understand 
So, uh, but it's important to also say that as the army grew, so did art. (laughs) (laughs) It can't just be all war all the time, James. It has to be like hobbies on the side. Okay. So they would fight, 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 fight. And I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. It's like, okay, well, what do we do between now and the next battle? So they started drawing stuff, making stuff. Uh, it wasn't all just plumbing and roads and tools. It was like like trinkets, you know, like little spinny thingamajigs, uh, uh, depictions of war, that of battles that they had seen, you know, just like in a way to kind of capture the essence of what they saw. But they, the, the art at first was... Uh, I may have painted myself into a corner here. Let's see if I could if I can get out. At first, the art was just kind of like a series of of just rudimentary uh, depictions of of observations about life. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then one day they were sitting around a campfire in between wars, and and they just heard like a weird sound. It was like a hum. They were like, "What the hell's going on?" This was the the. I don't think I need to tell you, but it was a phonograph, right? Like it was just in the background of the universe. And then they were like, I, that's astral phonograph, astral, astral phonograph. Don't correct me on my own thing. Okay. Um, and they were like, Oh man, that this is intoxicating. Our shitty little trinkets are no match for, for this feeling that we're feeling when this hum is happening. So then they tried to replicate it. So they would just get together and be like, Oh, And they got pretty good at it. Do you want to interrupt? I think I got to. So, I don't think you have to do anything you don't want to. Okay, so these people, you got Pyro who's still taking a backseat to watching these wars. And now we're, we're kind of zeroing in on the war between the Mortyrians. Yeah. Are there like, are there different sides? Like do we have like distinct sides that like care about anything in particular? Uh no. It's just chaos. They just don't like each other. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it it'll be like like ten people over here all don't like one other person. So they're oh like, my okay, God. we're so just naturally aligned. <laughs> so it's not even like two sides. It's uh-uh. just like every every man for himself. It's a mosh pit. Excuse I, me. That was every Mortarian for it was his clear. or herself. His or her, correct. They, so okay, it's just it's just it's just a, a battle royale free for all. Yeah. This but, is- but like in any battle royale, it's like there naturally is going to be sides that band together to make it to the end and then turn on each other when they're at the end. And the sides that are banding together are also creating art. Yes. Paintings. Yeah. Drawings. Mm-hmm. Trinkets. Sculptures. Yes. Trinkets. Mm-hmm. More importantly, they tapped into the hum of the universe. Is that related to the art? I thought that would, so yeah, because they realized that the art that they were making wasn't really speaking anything to their condition. It wasn't a, a good reflection of life at this time. And then this hum all of a sudden got like there, and they were like, "Oh, this is perfectly describing everything that we feel on a day to day basis." And what 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 does Pyro feel about this art cropping up? Um, he it doesn't re- as long as they keep fighting he f- he doesn't really care okay so pyro's uninvested and there's no particular values that anyone is fighting for on any side they're just all fighting with each other yeah and are you they- not familiar with chaos theory <laughs> the, i mean the, like you know the- what chaos means <laughs> 
I, I yes, but they're also again the 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 kind of paradox of it is that they're organizing themselves at all. <laughs> Why wouldn't they just self destruct? Because James, if you take a, a handful of pebbles and throw them into a lake, some le- some waves are going to collaborate and some are going to annihilate. That's just the randomness of chaos. I've never heard that before. That's have you been to a lake? You said collaborate and not and annihilate. Yeah, constructive some, and some, destructive waves. Some ripples collaborate. Collaborate. Some ripples annihilate. annihilate. Yeah. All right. I want to hear. Now that they're humming, uh-huh. and which sounds like, you know, spiritual, they're getting in touch with the true creation. It, it, and just to clarify, mm-hmm. the hum is coming from the, the astrophone? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The astral phonograph. Write this down. Okay. Dude, you're, you only have to keep track of two instruments so far. And if I remember correctly, it is astro with an O. N- that is incorrect. Astral with an A-L. A- yes. And phone with a P H O N E, not foam with an F O A M. It's P H O N O G R A P H. Phonograph. Phonograph. That's what they're hearing. Yes. From being played from the composer's chambers. Yes. And they're humming. Mm-hmm. This is different than the hum that the that created the universe in the first place. Is it? Or are they all linked? Mike, you tell me. Is it? Is I, it? You, or are they all I, linked by I, some I, kind I, of unknown right. you got force? Me. It's a good by- question. It's a good question. I and I and I like it. There's there now. There's some, uh, you know, that's an appealing question in the in the fiction that you're creating. I'm 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 hooked. <laughs> oh, I lost my point. Jesus, with all your questions. Uh, yeah. So they they're doing the hum. So so then uh, at this point, Pyro is like, oh man, they're like this. This humming thing seems like a unifying force. He this is the first time where he was like, maybe chaos, random chaos, isn't the best way to do this. Maybe some organization is needed. If like randos are just banding together and humming together and working together, maybe there's something here. He could have never discovered this if he was involved. Do you know what I mean? Nature finds a way, James. So he was like, well. I, I know what to do. I could, if I could figure it out, I could, I could, instead of letting them do it themselves, I can like give them something to, to channel around to like, to like band them together. So he, uh, was like, well, what do I do? I don't know what to do. And he was like, oh wait, yeah, this whole time I'm searching for the horn of balance. He remembered he was searching for the whole horn of balance. And he was like, I'm going to give them something like that because it was an unbelievably inspirational uh, and uh, motivating. When when he got presented with the horn, he was like, I have to have it, right? And it was just like undeniable, this, this, this surge of desire. So he was like, I'm going to give the same thing to the Mortarians. And he created a new magical instrument. So he was like, I can't, I can't do this here. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to the palace, to the pillars of sound, the chamber, the high chamber. He was like, I'm going to make something really sweet. So he made, <laughs> he made uh, a, an electric guitar. Oh, <laughs> oh God. And he gave it the power to create the sweetest, darkest, most smooth ribs of all time. <laughs> Is that really what you wrote down? 
Wow, man. <laughs> it sure is, James. Imagination is powerful. Uh, I, you know, I, I would like to hear a little bit more before I start asking questions or, or poking at it. But for what it's worth at this moment, I'm into it. Okay. So I think that I think that if, if, if you allow me to get through this next paragraph, I think it will be a natural uh, place to stop for you to ask questions. I'm Got going it. to read it verbatim. Do you understand? I'm going uh, yes. to read it verbatim. Ready. When he unveiled it to the masses, actually, I'm going to start back up. So he made a guitar in the Pillars of Sound and gave it the power to create the sweetest, darkest, most smooth riffs of all time. <laughs> when he unveiled it to the masses, faces were so melted and minds so blown that a planet-wide mosh pit started happening, leaving tens of thousands dead. Was that the end of the paragraph? That was you the end of the paragraph. That's, okay. Yes. So there's a massacre. Yeah. So 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 pyro, I, I, I you know just so I can get clarity on the event real quick. Mm-hmm. Pyro goes back to the palace where his mom is. Mm-hmm. Mom, no no no, different question. So he makes this guitar, mm-hmm. brings it back mm-hmm. to the people, mm-hmm. introduces it to the people, mm-hmm. and then he does what with it? He plays it. He he, he plays, plays it. it. He plays it. Okay, and he plays a riff or a string or. A chord. Yeah, just the smoothest. A solo. Yeah. Smoothest arpeggio. Riff. Yeah. Riff. Yeah. And then 10,000? Tens of thousands. Tens I mean, thousands. I don't, we, there wasn't like a census around. Right. Did, did we, do we know how many Mortarians <laughs> exist? At least more than that. <laughs> so it's not everyone. <laughs> not everyone died, no. <laughs> but we don't know how big of a deal that is because we don't have any context set up beforehand. Okay, dude. <laughs> you know what? I mean, it's a big deal. It sounds like a big deal on, on our, you know, I'm going to say at least half. Okay, so... Just got... So so there's tens of thousands of people left in the Mortarians, but about half the world gets obliterated by this sweet, dark music. Yes. Sweet, dark riff. Sweet, dark riff. All right. Now that I Now that I understand what happened... Pyro decides that they need a, a carrot, like an inspiration carrot to chase. Yeah. yeah. Why? And he's like, because for me, it was the Horn of Balance. Mm-hmm. It's still what he's after, right? Mm-hmm. So why isn't the Horn of Balance the carrot for the Mortarians? Well, what, are they, just, what, are, what are the Mortarians going to do with the Horn of Balance? They it, can't play it. They worship, they worship Pyro, right? Yeah, but they you can't said that's play your it. religion. In, in, mm-hmm. in summary. Yeah. The way that religion works mm-hmm. is that Pyro made them so the people worship Pyro. Yeah. If Pyro says there's this horn of balance mm-hmm. and it's the most beautiful, inspiring thing that I've ever known of and I've known of everything, mm-hmm. is that not, not enough for the people? Have you ever heard of thou shall not kill? Do be, is there still murder? We're switching gears? Oh. <laughs> so just, be, so, so just, just because, just, just God, because yeah. God, the God says something, they got to experience it for themselves. Yes. All right. Fair enough. So 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 then, Pyro goes back to the to the palace, mm-hmm. and Mike. Um, I, I, excuse me if you covered this, but when he gets back there, is his mom still listening to the astrophonograph? I wrote that down. Yeah, you said it wrong, but that's okay. Astrophonograph. Yeah, um, she is. Uh, didn't she? Didn't she like lock the door and and throw away the key? To her personal uh, bedroom. Okay, so there's the palace. Yeah, and there's just her room. Her yeah, somewhere in the corner palace. in the palace. Is, is she not? She's not in the high chamber. No. Wait, what did I say? 
I don't know. There's there's the pillars of sound. Yeah. In the high chamber. No, the high chamber is in the pillars of sound. The pillars of sound is the name of the the <sighs> Mike the I, palace. You're gonna make it so I have to go back and listen to this first episode. No. <laughs> What I'm saying is, it's it, dude. It's a palace. There's rooms, right? There's multiple. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah. So, like in but, one of but, the, he, but pillars but he, are support columns. <laughs> again, this is all metaphorical, dude. So then, how am I supposed to know whether or not it's a palace or a fucking metaphor for a bedroom? Because I told you it was a palace. Oh, I didn't right. say it was a loose collection of columns. And then you said, but then you said, okay, listen. So so Pyro gets back to the palace, which yes. is a real palace. Yes. And he goes somewhere in the palace, yes, <laughs> but not mom's bedroom. Correct. She's that would be highly inappropriate. Like, what? Why would he? What? Would, she's she has nothing to do with this. She doesn't and, need to and, know. And what he's doing rule number this. one is: wait a minute. She, so when she said, you, "If you leave, mm-hmm. you can't come back." Mm-hmm. This is how you build tension. <laughs> <laughs> but he does. He comes back. He comes back. So he's so okay. So so now he's like, well, he's is, in mom, trouble? is mom a liar? Okay. She said I can't come back, but like I very clearly went back and I stole some of the essence and like I put it into this guitar. Which for just visualization purposes is a Gibson Flying V. Uh okay. I I can see it. Cool. Uh, all right. I th- I I I think I I think I've uh, uh vented enough on my issues right now, but this is the one thing I I want to say again. If this is a concept album and that's the world you're building, I'm on board. Why do you keep trying to push your narrative into my story? If that's where you want to take it. I don't. I, I'm 100% on board. I'm not it. taking it anywhere. If that's it's not going, where it's going, I'm a that's follower. fine. James, I'm but a slave to the process. I will just say that as an audience member of your fiction, mm-hmm. that is something that I am really, really interested in. I think it's cool that there's this sweet, dark, buttery music that is going to annihilate people mm-hmm. and that's very badass and sounds like a concept album it doesn't have to be but it sounds cool i if that's what it is i am following the story just like you just like our listeners just like everybody else i don't know where it's gonna go it's just flowing out of me do you get it do you understand i can't control it those are lyrics you should write that down <laughs> i'll back off okay so um, at this point, we got like tens of thousands dead. So once people finally recovered from this massacre and they were like, what the hell? Let's put some distance between us and this event. Uh, we don't really know what just happened. Uh, they, they put it into perspective and they were like, okay, well, who's going who's gonna to be the owner of this guitar that is called the Thunder Axe? Skipped that detail. Well, I didn't write it until right now on the page. Oh, gotcha. So, okay. Quick, quick chime in. Okay. Some of this stuff, you, you said last time that one of your main goals was that you would you would give a, however much thought you're going to give to this um, when, you're, when you're not sitting in front of um, paper with pen. Yeah. And then once you actually start writing, you're not going to go back and change anything. Yeah. Or so, even so reread just, it. So... <laughs> So, so what just happened is that we, you started writing, uh-huh. and you got the uh, this sweet dark music 
mm-hmm. guitar on paper, mm-hmm. and then you got you were writing and re- retroactively named it. The Would Thunder it have X. changed anything about the story if the name came sooner? It wouldn't have changed anything. Again, I'm I really love hearing about your process in this, and I think it's very fun to know <laughs> that you. Because also, like, I think that that is like potentially a um, something that happens in like religious texts. Is it, it seems like, oh, this thing was introduced here, but then you know, two pages later, it's named. That's so, funny to me. That, so you're telling me that you right now in this moment believe that there is no difference between religious texts and what I've written here. I believe that that single aspect of your writing may mirror the vibe of some single aspects of religious text. So I am the same caliber of storyteller as the greatest storytellers that have ever lived is what you're telling me. right? I I don't think any great storyteller has ever said that sentence. So I'm going to disqualify you right there. I don't (laughs) I don't think that you know that. (laughs) Okay, so. Pulling back, go the ahead. The Thunder X comes into play, and basically everybody was like, oh my God, I want I want to play it. So it worked. The carrot worked. So then Pyro was like, well, how do we how do we decide who gets to who gets to hold it? So he held a Morteria-wide audition. Because he was like, well, I'm going to take the best that Morteria has to offer and I'm going to let them touch this thing and see if something magical happens. This is what I picture happening, Mike. You so <laughs> you go to write this thing and and then ab- about 45 minutes into writing uh-huh. whatever it is that you thought about throughout the day, you smoke a joint and then you start watching American Idol. That's that's what I think happens. Or America's Got Talent or, or whatever it is <laughs> that that you zoned out and watched for a, for an hour and then went, oh, I, I was also in the middle of this. Can I can I be completely honest with you? I didn't drink. I didn't smoke anything. I didn't watch anything while doing this. I just sat down at a desk and wrote. <laughs> From like 11 a.m. to like 4, 3.30, 4 p.m. I know even it's better. even more impressive, right? Yeah, yeah, even better. Okay, so we're in the deep in the throes of an audition, planet-wide. Okay. Hundreds of thousands showed up. Oh, okay, so we have a number now. So tens of thousands died, but hundreds of thousands were still alive. So it wasn't like... <laughs> so about 10% of these people died. Yeah, but that's not nothing. I know. I'm. It's, it's a tragedy. I'm just saying that now we have a specific context for it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, hundreds of thousands showed up. Most did okay. Uh... But after two fortnights of mediocre performances, Pyro was close to holding the axe for himself since none seemed worthy. Because he was basically like, yo, the first time I played this thing, I literally murdered now 10, 20% of everybody. And all you guys are doing is just like being mediocre. So he was like, maybe I'll just keep it for myself. As he was getting ready to shut the door to the audition room um an unassuming woman came in lady fire breath lady fire breath fire breath you want to write that down yes okay 
uh, and and Lady Firebreath was kind of like a well-respected leader of one of the many armies. Like she 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 her for some reason uh, during all this chaotic infighting or whatever, people were just like drawn to her to like be like they 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 were aligned behind her more often than not. There's like a few of these people all around that were just natural just natural leaders that could like bring people into the- Mike, I got to stop you. <clears throat> Why, dude? These are the most chaotic people in the world. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're putting up with an audition process yeah. and there's natural leaders who people follow. Mm-hmm. There's there, this is not chaotic characteristics. <laughs> no, especially but- that the that the, that this world of chaos thriving beings yeah. would hear audition process and start signing up and waiting in line. They didn't sign up, dude. To wait, don't, to, don't to, wait to wait for the head dude to be to be like there's gonna be a single winner of this guitar. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what the issue is. I well, you know what? It's it, it feels um maybe consistency is is really what I'm I'm asking about here. I think it's really consistent. I have you ever do you do you understand how ice gets formed. Do you know what water is, James? It's just a loose connection of H2O molecules, right? It's chaos. They're mm-hmm. just like all over the place. It's not chaos. They're ordered. They're molecules. They're not ordered. That's why it's a liquid, because they're specifically not ordered. They're not tight enough. They're, what? They're not tight enough. Tight enough? Yeah. What do you mean tight enough? Molecules, when they get tighter, become a solid. No, that's not. Let me get there. What happens is they order themselves when freezing. Close your eyes. <laughs> this 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 world is freezing. No, it that was I was. It's a <laughs> that one really is are, a metaphor. Are, are they are they are they still chaotic people? That's I'm what I want to know. Any, is this, yes, you, you know they, they're still chaotic, but becoming less so as time goes on because of this. So they so they have the guitar, which is a carrot, mm-hmm. and that gives them a reason to focus their attention at the same thing at the same time. Yeah. So they're willing to put up with this audition process. Yes. And this leader, the Lady Deathfire, Lady Firebreath. Get the names right, please. Yeah. Lady Deathstrike comes in. No, that's not right. Sorry. Uh, Dark Phoenix comes in. No, that's an X-Men character. Okay, a dragon comes in. What do you no, want from No, that me? is from George R. R. Martin. <laughs> this, but uh, just to be clear, Lady Firebreath comes in Last one to audition. Yeah. Pyro's about to close the door, uh-huh. <laughs> wherever to that the may theater. be, <laughs> and hang it up for the night. Yeah, he's just like, I can't. These people And I'm keeping the guitar. Mm-hmm. Lady Firebreath comes in, and yeah. you're painting a picture of her where everyone is into her because she's a natural leader. And we... What are they trying to do again? Are they trying to play the guitar? Yeah. Okay. So she's like, I might have some sick skills on this sweet dark metal guitar she was basically like uh man i don't know i i don't have a lot going on tonight i'll just pop in and check it out and see what's see what's going on okay so her her career is is often other directions at the time but she's got casual interest in in dropping in Mm -hmm. okay you good yep fire breath uh so because because of her status within the chaotic army uh, she was a she was kind of like a, like a natural lightning rod. You know what I mean? Chaotic army is yeah. just a contradictory term. I <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't think it is. I, Do you know who Attila the Hun is? <laughs> I mean, I would I would. You can't have ranking officers in a chaotic army. And you didn't Attila the Hun, and then there was everybody else. Fine, 
she's, I'm assuming she, that's true. She's, I don't she's a actually. special leader. I, I, I don't ask me about historical. Uh, the Attila the Hunt. This is why. This is. A, I'm going to go on a quick side tangent here. This is why George R. R. Martin is a hack. It's because the Dothraki were basically Attila. Uh, it was basically Attila the Hunt. These people rode on horses. They were tribal, and they would just go around from place to place, pillaging and and murdering and stealing and setting fire to things what's the difference he just called them something else and what's the difference between them and the Morturians? they're demigods (laughs) (laughs) plus they live to be 150 to 200 years i mean that's a pretty big difference carry on okay uh so because she was a natural leader of the chaotic army uh, it was assumed that audition would be beneath her. She was just like, everybody was like, no, she's not going to come in. So she floats in to the um, theater. And I see that we've reached a page with only a couple sentences written on it. Yeah. Okay. Bring it home. So she, she wa- floats into the theater. She floats into the theater, and people are just like, oh, "Oh my god, it's her!" Who? There's an audience. There's well, yeah, dude. The people that audition, waiting, they're waiting for to hear if they're going to get the axe or not. And as the people come into audition, mm-hmm. they get held in the audition room. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of thousands. Well, yeah, they're not just going to like play in front of no one. They need an <laughs> they got audience. Nothing. Else. Well, okay. How are you so going to judge a crowd's reaction if there's no crowd? They got nothing else to do. So I mean, it, they got it, wars to fight, but this isn't like, in between time. You're, right, you're you're not gonna let them. You're, you're not gonna just cycle them through so they can go to work or whatever. They don't even need to eat, right? We don't know if they pee or poop. What work? What what work? Exactly. So everyone just accumulates in this mm-hmm. theater. Yeah. And then she comes in, floats in, floats in. She floats in, and there's a murmur throughout the hundreds hushed of thousands. Tones. Yes, hushed tones. in the crowd. Yes, and then. She enters the room. I'm going to ask you this. Uh-huh. Do you know what happens next or not? <laughs> I do. You're not, you're not reading off the paper anymore, and that paper is blank. <laughs> um, that's true, but the paper is just a messenger. The story lives inside of me. <laughs> okay, but I'll, I'll tell you this. You've, I, I'm sure you've thought about what happens next, but mm-hmm. once you start saying it, mm-hmm. it becomes canon. can't go back and change it. I understand. So she floats into the room. She floats into the room, and uh, there are just just murmurs and harsh tones and whatever. And as soon as she comes in, uh, Pyro, who's holding the guitar and he's getting ready to walk away with it, stops dead in his tracks, and the guitar starts to like glow. I'm sorry. Huh? One hundreds of thousands of people mm-hmm. <laughs> are are waiting to hear this decision, mm-hmm. but also Pyro's walking away. So as far as as far He's as the in the hundred- process of shutting the door, but nobody exactly. knows that. So so, what do you mean? Well, how, how well he, he didn't like announce it to everybody. He's walking away. You said he's walking away. Yeah, he's leaving. He's like turning around. Everyone's watching. There's a what? Yeah. A, you said there's nothing else for them to pay attention to. So yeah. they're all eyes on Pyro. Well, they don't know if he's, he's who is if, shutting the door. They, they don't know and walking away. They don't away know. They don't to know. keep. They he's don't, not even gonna make an announcement. So they don't know. <laughs> they don't know if he's turning around to like dramatically reveal and, the announcement or and, if he's just walking away to shut the door. And 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 in a world where he does walk away, he doesn't make an announcement, he just leaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so 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 he he 
okay. I mean, he's a, he's he's the creator. So I even if people get on unruly or upset about the non decision, what are they going to do? Right, go back exactly. to war. He specifically made them not as good as him, so that they wouldn't, they couldn't, they don't have any recourse. All right, no recourse. Lady Firebreath is there. Mm-hmm. She's gonna. She's about to rock out. Mm-hmm. Pyra's about to take off, but she says. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't say just anything. Just her mere presence makes the guitar just glow in his hands. So as this guitar is glowing in his hands, he's like, what the F is going on? So he turns around and he sees her and she, he's just like, well, I was going to leave, but uh, I guess, do you want to try playing this thing? Do you want to give it a shot? There's a bunch of people that have given it a shot before you and it was all like non-impressive. So give it a shot. She's like, yeah, I mean, I walked all the way over here. Might as well try it. So she grabs the guitar. What was she doing? Nobody has a job. Nobody nobody needs to No, eat why or- are you so obsessed with materialism, dude, and economics? Like, this is not important. Because this you're is not, implying that that's is, also shaping their schedules. Like, what, James, what she this dropped isn't, in? This isn't the Star Wars prequel tr- trilogy where the whole thing is about trade. This is not what this story is. If you want micro and macro economics, then you're not going to find it in the story. Lady Death Star says, I might as well yeah. give like it a I, shot. I want to play. And, and she does, mm-hmm. dude. And she does. And she doesn't stop playing for 1,400 years. Mike, that's great. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. Now you have to understand that these things only have a lifespan of 150 to 200 years. I know. You've set that context up. I love it. <laughs> she doesn't, st- I mean, but they don't die, dude. Oh, just, they're just in it and they're, they're there. What do you mean they don't die? What, they only live for 100. They don't die. Who doesn't die? The Mortarians. Yeah, the, the audience. The audience. The audience. Oh, so you're saying she plays for 14. Thousand years, hundred. Okay, so only only about fourteen hundred years. But anybody who's in the room for her performance stays alive the entire time. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave. uh, That's I'm gonna leave that as a cliffhanger. Oh, why? Um, Cliffhanger to what? Just give us like a little taste of what you have next. Well, uh, what happens next is a, is a, just a complete uh, revolution of the Mortarian society. Oh, really? Yeah. And there's going to be uh, a fight for uh, superiority. Oh, a fight. Uh, and Amongst the Mortarians? No, between uh, Pyro and Lady Firebreath. Because now her ability to play this crazy guitar is, is a direct challenge to Pyro's authority. So she's a demigod. She, she might be kind of like... Special. Close to God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the guitar might just be the thing that brings her on equal footing with Pyro. Wow. Are we going to hear from Heidi at all? Uh, yeah, but this episode this episode is uh, uh, was only going to be the Pyro lineage. Next episode, or this current episode? This current episode is only the Pyro, Pyro lineage. So in the next episode, I was going to detail Heidi, and then I was going to bring it all together for the final one. Mm. Some might say buying yourself time. No, 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 <laughs> no, not buying. No. Wait a minute. What's up? <laughs> so 
again, mm-hmm. what we have so far mm-hmm. is we let's take inventory of of uh, the 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 lore. Mm-hmm. What is it called again? What, what is it? What is your? What is the name of your? Oh, mythology. I, I believe it was. Uh, look at this phonograph. Look at this phonograph. But that's just a working title. I'm gonna come up with something better for next time. So, in the world of look at this phonograph, you now have one side of a promised two-part universe. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's just become very apparent to me right in this moment? I might have gotten bogged down in the details a bit too much. You, you know, that's what I was gonna ask, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, I, this is, and again, so, 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 so before, before, uh, uh, I, I agree that <laughs> you might have, <laughs> but just before we touch on that any, anymore, I, I, I want to say the take inventory of, of where we're at right now. Okay. So you have a society of demigods. Mm-hmm. We haven't gotten to like, if we're ever going to, uh, to, to like the, more relatable mortal people. What do you mean more relatable? I can't relate to a demigod, Mike. Well, you can I, relate to a dragon owner? Uh, yeah. What? How? Because I've owned a car. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fill in that blank for me. <laughs> you know, uh, you got you to gotta have a relationship with a car, and a car can, like, uh, kick back at you. And I, I get what it's like to have status because of the car you own. And... The Valyrians are relatable people because they are high status car owners. Okay. I, well, I, okay. Um, the more, uh, we're t- not talking about George R.R. R. Martin. In, the more Tyrians case. are relatable people because we all have a dark side within us. They're just all that. It's, it, it's airtight. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. If, Again, I'm just taking inventory of what we have. Mm-hmm. No more. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to qualify it anymore. I'm just going to say what we have is. Um, we do have two sides that are promised. We have Heidi and Pyro. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about Pyro's side of things mm-hmm. in, a, in a universe. You already said where Heidi goes. Mm-hmm. The Milky Way. The Milky Way. Mm-hmm. And we have in the Crab Nebula, we have Pyro. Mm-hmm. And he's created one planet. That is correct. With Well, he's created multiple, but only the one has m- one more, planet with more life. Tyrians. Yeah. Demigod life. Mm-hmm. And the Mortarians are chaotic people who war among, amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we have the introduction of a new mystical artifact of the sweet dark metal guitar. Yeah. And an audition to mm-hmm. win it. Yeah. With, I, I think we could safely say that it's been won. And then we have the introduction of a hero character, mm-hmm. Lady... Firebreath. Firebreath. Mm-hmm. Who uh, sounds like has, has won the guitar. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so she is now playing for 1,400 years, mm-hmm. which takes us to the end of this second chapter of four. Now, you still have two more chapters. We're at the halfway point. Mm-hmm. One more chapter has got to be dedicated to Heidi. Absolutely. And what's going on with her in the Milky Way. Mm-hmm. And then we we have... And then the last not chapter a judgment, will be flawlessly but, tying it together. Not a judgment, but unresolved issue of the Horn of Excellence. Horn and, of Balance. And, and the achievement of that. So, but so just just to pull back a little bit, and again, yeah, a, it ask, ask like you some to questions. Drive this thing, no driving anything. <laughs> I, I'm 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 in the I'm in the back seat uh, of the Uber driver, asking what it's like to be an Uber driver. <laughs> That's what I want <laughs> is to just be like, how long have you been working today? 
Oh yeah, you meet a lot of mean people or what? I'm just trying to I'm just trying to pick your brain. Yeah, yeah. In the driver's seat. Listen, not try to drive anything. I'm an open book. So what I, what I have the privilege of doing mm-hmm. is taking a look at an expansive body of work of George R. R. Martin, who and has beautifully crafted the details it, of his get, world. Get, yeah. And I get to summarize that into a timeline to deliver to you in a condensed way. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of details if you want to crack open any aspect of, of the Song of Ice and Fire in, in Game of Thrones. I get what you're doing right now. I'm going to let me take us home. So if you wanted to really zoom in, you could get into the nitty gritty of, of every aspect of it. But there is big moves. We talked about in our last episode how how we saw the rise of the Valyrians and the fall of them in, in, in the same timeline. They were wiped out in a cataclysmic event, mm-hmm. and they 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 took up uh, six thousand years mm-hmm. of the timeline. So my question to you, Mike, is: <laughs> given that we're ha- we're halfway done <laughs> with what is supposed to lead to uh-huh. a potential <laughs> hero's journey, <laughs> do you think do you think you're going to get to? <laughs> Do you think you're going to get to a more zeroed in uh, place of of um, the the mortals who who we can follow as protagonists? Honestly, <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. I think you can get there. That's so great. That's so refreshing to hear. <laughs> I mean, yes, okay. I would be lying if if uh, uh, I, I said that it, all of this isn't hitting me all at once in this very moment. Um. And of course, what great writer among us hasn't gotten bogged down in the details uh, of story? But it's just because it's so gripping and fascinating that you want to explore every aspect of it. And yes, of course, I realize that you took a large, expansive work and condensed it. And now it's becoming very clear to me that what I'm essentially doing is I'm going (laughs) paragraph by paragraph through (laughs) Game of Thrones, the first book. I get it. But this is what we're here for. It's a learning experience. I'm going to course correct. uh, And and. I'm going to get us home, James. I'm going yeah. to get us home. Yeah, because at the end of, of the last episode, you made a, you gave yourself a pretty tall order. You, you boasted emphatically that you were someone who gets to the point. I said that? You did. I did say that. You did. That's how we closed out our, our uh, second episode of Game of Thrones timeline. Mm-hmm. But I didn't say what the point would be. You, you have not. So okay, you, well, you so have left then I'm your- still good. <laughs> If you had to guess, yeah. really take it a big, big step back here. Mm-hmm. Wh- where do you think that yours <laughs> is? Like, wh- where where is your point in the timeline mm-hmm. if it belonged to Game of Thrones? You know, we got we got we got the Children of the Forest and the First yeah, Men. I think we're very, very the much the Dawn Age, uh, the Age of Heroes. Are yeah. we in the Age of Heroes? No, we we are in the Age of. It sounds. It feels like we're still kind of in the Dawn Age. We're <laughs> we're we're in the part of the Game of Thrones world that you said was not addressed. Did I say there was not? What? Yeah, you said that, that, that there's really no uh, detail on how the world was created. So we haven't started. <laughs> That's becoming very clear to me at a very quick pace. I see. Okay. But this is what we're here to do, James. This is this is why we're thinkers and creators, right? It's we take these challenges and then we flawlessly weave them into a story that's both compelling and also uh, resonates emotionally. And I don't mean resonate as a pun. I realize there's a lot of 
oh yeah instrumental there is a lot it's a, it, yeah it sounds like a concept album it's very musical mm-hmm. my advice would be to lean into that i don't i don't want give your, the people what they want i don't want i, don't, I am the people you're not you are you one have my full you are attention one person and I, that's what i would love to see a concept album yeah, I mean there there are I don't concept even, I'll albums be honest with, with you, really I amazing. I don't know what that means. What it, what a concept album means. Yeah. So far, I've nodded pleasantly while you've said that word multiple times to me, and I I don't really I I don't really know what it means. There's lots of different ways to do a concept album. Do you know what it means? Yeah. There's lots of different ways to do a concept album. It's 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 uh. There, I mean, most albums have themes um of some kind, even if it's just like you know the best. 10 songs that a debut album can have that, to represent the theme. sound of a band. Yeah, the theme is that's the band's se- sound. Selection what defines process. the band? Okay. That's, you know, if you're going to be in a band and you and you put on uh, your first album, the theme of the album is this is our band, our leading effort. But a lot of them otherwise have themes. Some of them have more detailed concepts behind them. And uh, most most albums that can be considered a concept album have some kind of like mythology or like literary details um, that the band uh, or the songwriter uh, fleshed out and then summarized or represented in the tracks of the album. Yeah, I'm not gonna write a concept album. This is not what this is about. I think you're. I think you're missing out. Hey, Amen. And. It would, sounds like a concept album. So look, man, power to you, uh, power chord to you. Ugh. And I, I'm. Can I'm, I just can I, this? It's it. You. This sounds like you're jealous. It's one of those things where, like, man, I should have thought of that. Maybe I am. Well, it's big of you to admit. All right, man. Uh, <laughs> keep writing. I'm just letting you know, in the next Game of Thrones episode, we're going to talk about uh, a dynasty okay. of kings. It's going to start to get really detailed and specific. I think I'm already there on the detail and specificity. Very zoomed in. I'm there, microscopic. And very, you know, these small events are going to start to affect people on a very large scale. Small, can you, can you imagine that, creating a fiction where small events affect things on a large scale? Scale? You mean overreacting? Continental scale? You mean overreacting? It's a little bit of that. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that in okay. the next episode. But I'm, I'm saying that you can't accomplish that unless you set up the big world and then start getting more specific. And I'm, that's not a comment on your stuff. I'm no, just saying that you can't... Like it at all. You, what you, it's going to be really hard for anyone, not just you, anyone in general, to, to get to the more specific, nuanced literary qualities without setting up the world and then moving on to something more specific you i think you just need to trust me i i do i absolutely trust you you don't think that I, uh, yeah i'm not saying that about you i trust you I'm, yeah. i got maybe that's what i'm saying is that that's that's what i assume that you're going to do because that's what great authors do uh-huh and you are mike rr Magiar. that's true great author for the ages and we do have this thing sold already so it's we spent all the money mm-hmm all right. Well, on those closing words, <laughs> uh, we will say farewell and thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.